just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hope all is going well with you. Before we get into things here, I need to mention something of a personal nature. Now, I'm recording this in the early hours of October 14th. Now, October 14th is a momentous day for me in my personal life. Because, you see, October 14th is my wedding anniversary. And this October 14th, 2021, is my 38th wedding anniversary. If I was to look back in my youth, I wouldn't think that I could do anything for 10 years straight. So to be here 38 years later after getting married, truly amazing to me. And it's a testament to my wife's tolerance of me. I'm not always the easiest guy to handle. I do have an easygoing nature. I don't yell, scream, or do any of those things. But as you can tell from the uh, the show here and the TikToks, I can be a bit of a smart ass. I tend to speak my mind, and that doesn't always mix well when you're in the middle of a marriage. <laughs> but fortunately, 38 years later, here we are. And I'm fortunate to say that, you know, uh, I have other friends, but my best friend is my wife. That sounds cliche, but we spend a lot of time together. We do a lot of things together. We travel together. We have fun. We go to casinos. We do a lot of stuff together. And I feel fortunate that after 38 years that we can still be living on that level. Marriage is a tough <laughs> is a tough deal. I told my sons this. It's not easy. But if you put the time into it, it pays off ultimately, pays off big. And for me, it did. I, you know, I've got 38 years of marriage under my belt. I've got two grown kids that we're very proud of. I've got two grandchildren that we're very proud of. And life is good. So through the tough times, you get through it, you push through it, and you get to where you are. And once the kids are grown and it's just you two again, things get easier. Things get to be more fun. You just got to put in the time and put in the work necessarily, necessary to get through life in general. And I'm not telling anybody who doesn't already know that. In case you're wondering, <laughs> I met my wife in the one place where all good marriages start, in a bar. I was 21 years old. I was definitely well past the legal limit in terms of alcohol. The reason I can remember that is because I was 21, and at 21, I was always past the level of legal alcohol content in my body. I saw her from a distance, saw she was uh, talking with somebody else I knew, a woman, and I thought, this is a perfect opportunity. I can walk up, say hi to my friend, meet the girl. And then I had a extra additional plus there was some old guy, you know, probably 35, and I'm 21, really drunk and hitting on these two. I thought, shit, I can go over, introduce myself because I know who she's with, and I can be the hero <laughs> by getting this guy the hell out of there, which is what I did. And uh, so I got to meet her. We hung out. We dated a few years. At 23, we got married, and here we are, and I'm... 
feeling pretty fortunate to be this deep into uh, marriage after 38 years and seeing all the things that have come from that marriage. So I want to wish my wife a happy anniversary, and uh, we're going to keep pushing forward. We're having a good time now, so uh, let's keep doing it. Anyway, now that we've got the personal issues out of the way, I wanted to talk about a number of things today, and one of the things that's kind of upsetting me as of late is all the stuff that's going on with the anti-vaxxers. I'm seeing school board meetings. I'm seeing hospitals and doctor's offices. I'm seeing people on school boards, nurses, doctors, pharmacists, school bus drivers, local government. These people are being inundated by these anti-vaxxers. We have these mandates now where... Uh, You have to be vaccinated to do a number of things. Now, these anti-vaxxers still think they have the right to scream and yell and call names and make threats to the people that have to enforce these mandates. Now, they didn't do it. It was done much higher up, but these idiots, that's all they know. And what's frustrating to me about this is how it's gotten down to such a low level. I mean, these people are angry because they can't go into a restaurant or they can't go into a doctor's office or the kids have to be vaccinated and masked or just masked. And these people are so angry that they'll stand up in meetings and make threats. I saw one school board member, a woman, I think she's in Florida, in Broward County or Brevard County, one of those two. And this woman has had 25 people in front of her house on an ongoing basis screaming and yelling and protesting, going in her yard, vandalizing her home, tearing up her her shrubs and her, and her flowers and things, making threats. We're coming for you. We're going to do this to you. We're going to do that to you. Now, this poor woman is just on a school board trying to do her best to help out her school district because her kids happen to be in the school district. And these fucking animals because they're angry about somebody telling them they can't do something or they need to do something that they don't want to do. We should not be in this situation in America where people decide, well, just because it's the law or because somebody said we have to do it, we don't have to do it because we're special. And if you want to fight about it, we will fight you tooth and nail. The Civil War is coming. We'll come after you. I've seen these things on the videotapes on TikTok and other places. (laughs) Just wait, we're coming for you. Really, dude, who are you coming for? Because I'm going to tell you something right now. If you redneck, toothless, dumb motherfuckers do want to start a civil war, you're going to be in a world of hurt. Because... Everybody will be going against you. You have no authority. You have no president anymore in Donald Trump. So you come to the Capitol. If you go to a school district or a doctor's office or a hospital and you start actually creating some violent situations, you're going to get taken down. You won't be treated like you're special because you're a Trumplican. If you're wielding a weapon... And that's what they're doing. This woman, who is the school board member, had people standing in her backyard with assault rifles on their shoulders just to try to intimidate. 
how this can happen in this country is absolutely fucking absurd. Now, in that situation, she called the cops. The cops came, but it took them an hour and 40 minutes to get there. You got two men in your yard standing there with guns, and it takes an hour and a half to get cops to come help you? Jesus. This attitude and this trump anti-democracy attitude is spread throughout this country. And it's in a dangerous situation because these people aren't too bright. If they decide to rise up and start a fight, they will get devastated. But they don't know that. They don't realize that. Or maybe they don't care. I sometimes worry about it. You know, we always talk about the Trumplicans talking about it's going to get violent. We're going to have a civil war. And forgive me for saying this. But I almost feel there has to be a situation where these guys get violent and they just get put down hard by police, by the military, by whoever. These people are bullies. They're not brave. They're cowards. Honest to goodness, at the Capitol on January 6th, if some National Guard came out and found the only way to deal with them is with uh, deadly force, and a bunch of them went down, you would have seen those people tear off, get away from there as quickly as they could. Now, I don't want to see anybody die, but I don't want people to continually have to suffer through threats to their lives, to their kids, to their families. That has to be stopped some way. And as I've said before, when you're dealing with bullies, sometimes you can only fight fire with fire because they're too stupid to understand anything else. I learned it when I was in school. A guy comes up, punches you in the face. You can tell the principal. You can tell your mom. You can say, please don't hit me. But it doesn't work. It doesn't fix because they can't comprehend that. Sometimes just smacking them back in the face and putting them down is the only way to get get them to stop. And that's unfortunate. But that's a fact. These people keep talking about getting violent, getting crazy, and taking back the country. I'd like to see them do that. And if they did do it, I'd like to see them get the kind of reaction that should be given to any violent attack, any violent criminal. If you have weapons, you're going to get shot. That's just the way it goes in this country. If you're going up against a cop and you have a gun, expect the cop to shoot you. If you don't, you're stupid. Because that's what they're trained to do. I'm getting very frustrated with this because it goes on over and over again. And while I'm not suffering with it on a day-to-day basis, I do feel for those people that are. People that are just trying to do their jobs, whether they be nurses, pharmacists, whatever. And these people are angry. They're taking their anger out on the wrong people. These are the people that are charged to enforce the mandate or actualize the mandate, but they aren't responsible for making the mandate. They yell and scream about Democrats and Biden and all this stuff. They make claims and they want to threaten, but they don't do anything. But at some point, somebody's going to snap. And when that happens, this country, whether it be a police force or the military, have to react with force. That may be the only way that shut them down. 
Something else I'm going to say that uh, some might say, well, that's unchristian, that's not nice, too fucking bad. This is what I think based on what I know about these people. You don't want to get the vaccine? Okay, don't get the vaccine. But if you're not going to get the vaccine and help out trying to get rid of this disease from this country, I'll promise you this. I hope you get COVID. I hope you suffer mightily from COVID. And if you die, too bad. I don't feel a thing about it. You get what you deserve because you played with fire. You made the wrong choice because you're stupid. And if you die from it, too fucking bad. If your friends and family are in the same situation and they die from it, I don't care. Now, if you're angry with me because you're a Trumplicant or you're angry with me because I'm not being sensitive enough, I want to remind you of my circumstances, and I've told you this before. In spite of the fact that I'm fighting against the Republicans and the, Dem- uh, the uh, Donald Trump, that doesn't mean I'm full-out liberal Democrat. I'm not. I have my concerns about them, too. And I don't believe in turning the other cheek, and I don't mean, uh, I don't believe in forgiving and forgetting. The Democrats have done that too much for decades, and it's got them nowhere. If you've got a violent bully in your face, sometimes you have to fight fire with fire. And if I'm in a situation, you know, I'm 61 years old, I'm not as tough as I used to be, but I still have that fire in my belly. I don't want to get in a physical altercation. I will avoid it at all costs, mainly because I'm not in a position like I once was to be able to be much of a competition. But this country cannot continue allowing these violent threats and this violent activity like the insurrection without making some accountability. The Democrats are sitting precariously on um, the edge of legitimacy, They're in a position now where they can make people accountable. They can keep them responsible and dole out the proper punishment. If they don't, they fail. And if they fail, our country is screwed because of it. So that's something to think about. I just, I'm frustrated by it. I hate bullies. I really hate bullies. The main reason I hate bullies is because, you know, like every kid, I think every kid to a certain extent was bullied in school. I had that issue from time to time until I got a little bigger, a little more confident, and uh, I squared that away. The one thing I found out about dealing with bullies, though, is you don't have to fight every day to keep the bullies away. You just have to fight once because bullies don't like to wade into situations where they're unsure if they can win or not. They only go after the people they know they can beat. You'd wade into one fight, one time, and now they've got this question in the back of their mind. Because they're cowards, they won't tempt it again. They won't try to do it again. And that's what I'm saying about this country. Maybe once, just once, you've got to push them back and you've got to make them pay. And then if you do that, maybe the whole thing stops because these people aren't brave. They're cowards. They're big cowards. And they need to be made to pay. They've gotten away with it so long. When Donald Trump was in office and now after he's gone, nobody's really getting that much accountability. Maybe if we slam the hammer down, make some of these people suffer, either with jail terms or 
pushback when they're in a violent situation. Maybe we can stop this thing. I mean, that's what happened to me. I got bullied. I got picked on a couple times. I fought back. I won. And you know what? Never had to fight again. Because those people weren't sure that I wasn't going to kick their ass. And that uncertainty stopped them from doing it. That's what would happen in this country. If we take these people who think they're superheroes and they're nothing but redneck, <laughs> toothless, trump fuck idiots, put some of them down one time. And I don't know how I'm suggesting to do that. I'm not suggesting lining somebody up with a firing squad, nothing like that. I would hope it would never get to that. But the fact of the matter is they got to pay a price. Big jail terms. Or let them try to attack something and let the military and the police really tear into them like they would anybody else. Do that one time. And then we will see a much different attitude from these people. I would hope that we could see that at some time. But, you know, you never know. You just never know. Because to date, the Democrats haven't been very brave. I wanted to bring this up. You know, I've often said Donald Trump is stupid. He's an idiot. You know, as evil as he is, and... uh, As much damage as he's done, people like to tell us that, oh, he's got a plan. He's a strategist. No, he's not. He's not. He's a narcissist sociopath. All he does is protect himself or enrich himself. And he's a bully. So what he does is he makes threats. And then people fold. He gets his way. This is what he's done all his life. Well, as of late, it's not really working that well. And, uh, He's <laughs> he came out with a uh, a statement that perfectly illustrates how stupid he is. Now, of course, we we'd heard that he was going to have his own social media platform. Well, that didn't work out too well. So his new social media platform is something most of us in the business would refer to a press release. <laughs> Yeah, get a letterhead, write some shit on it, and send it out and hope somebody reads it. Well, you can always count on people reading what Donald Trump says, either because you're enamored with him or because you think he's a fucking idiot and can't believe what he'll write next. And you know what? That's exactly the case on Wednesday. He put out a press release or social media platform, and he made this statement. He said, Republicans will not be voting in 2022 or 2024 unless the thoroughly and conclusively documented presidential election fraud of 2020 is investigated. I mean, Jesus Christ, this is a professional press release, and that isn't even a good sentence. I don't even know really what he's saying in terms of the words. I know what he's saying generally. But then he continued on and he said, the single most important thing for Republicans to do, don't vote. (laughs) Now, see, this just proves my point. Donald Trump suggesting Republicans not to vote in 2022 and 2024. Is that supposed to scare the Democrats? I mean, does he think that's going to work? 
by all means, don't vote. Your Lord and Savior told you not to vote 2022 and 2024. Don't do it. He knows everything. He's the king. Don't vote. Or does he think by saying that he's going to incite the trump and get them mad to do something else? I don't know. But again, here's where the stupidity comes out. He's trying to be a bully. He's trying to make himself look good. He's trying to get what he wants. But what he's asking for isn't what he really wants. He just pulled this out of his ass, and he's thrown it out there to try to be a tough guy. You really don't want people to vote in 2024 when you're hinting that you might run for president in 2024? Does that not strike you contradictory? <laughs> Does that does not not seem like it's going to hurt your chances in 2024 but still he says it he says that kind of shit and this is what he's done the entire time he was president and even prior he gets angry so the first thing he tries to do is bully and make threats but he's in a position right now he's really got nothing to threaten So he comes up with some bullshit threat that isn't really a threat because the Democrats would love it if he didn't, (laughs) if these people didn't vote. I don't know what he's trying to accomplish there, but what that tells me, that press release and that statement tells me this guy's frazzled. He has nothing to fight with. So he's just coming up with anything. He opens his mouth and whatever comes out to him and to all his followers is like, a missile from God. <laughs> that always that always struck me about Donald Trump. And there are a lot of people in this country. They believe whatever comes out of their mouth is the gospel and it's got to be true. Well, if you're really a smart person, you pay attention to what you're saying. And if you fuck up, fix it. Don't be arrogant enough to think that whatever you say is absolutely the truth because all of us, all of us are capable of being wrong. But not in Donald Trump's mind. He never thinks he's wrong. If you question him on this quote and how stupid it was, he would spend an hour trying to explain to you why it's good. If you're not going to investigate this 2020 election, I'm not going to participate. Okay, Don, don't participate. Don't. But the other thing you see in this situation is that it proves Donald Trump is only concerned about how things are going to affect him, how he's going to get what he wants. He's willing to burn down the Republican Party and maybe the whole system and have them lose 2022 or 2024 just to get what he wants. But he's going to be disappointed because he's not going to get what he wants. The election has been investigated. There is no fraud found. They're not going to investigate it again. So now he's got to answer to his comment. But he won't. Tomorrow he'll make another comment that is totally the opposite. You can't trust anything he says because he just pulls stuff out of his ass and says it. This is why Donald Trump is an idiot. He's not a super smart guy that's playing 3D chess. He just says whatever comes into his head, spews it out of his mouth, whether it's dumb or smart or threatening or not. That's all he's capable of doing. 
He's a very simple-minded man. He's gotten his way throughout his whole life by being a bully and being a daddy's boy and having somebody bail him out constantly. Now he's in a situation where he's not going to get bailed out. In fact, he may be in trouble in such a way that he could never get bailed out. He's confused. He doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't know what to do. So he's flailing. That's what he's doing. And he looks bad every time he does it. Still, the Trump Fox will say, oh, he's the greatest guy ever. I can't believe what he just said. Well, because they're stupid, too. And I guess that's the most troubling thing that we've found in the last four and a half years with Donald Trump as president. We had all these stupid people rise to the top. And never in my wildest dreams did I ever imagine there would be this many stupid people in this country. But damned if there aren't. His base is at least 30%. And they are all stupid. But beyond that, they're the Republicans or the rich or whatever that believe him. They can only be one of two things. They are either stupid or equally as evil and culpable to the things that Donald Trump did and continues to do. So I don't know if we're dealing with fully all stupid people, but certainly people willing to support a stupid individual in Donald Trump. And in that sense, the things that Donald Trump wants and that they support are evil. See, that's the thing. You can't just blame Donald Trump because Donald Trump wouldn't be Donald Trump if it wasn't for all the people that helped him, apologize for him, lie for him, push him, do his bidding. In my mind, they're all as culpable. And we've got a lot of those people in this country. And that's troubling. That's scary. And I'm not sure how we deal with that. But we've got to deal strongly because we can't afford to have this country run and directed by stupid people. It's tough enough as it is with smart people. Stupid people can't take control and we've got to find a hardline way to stop them, shut them up and put them down. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. So did you hear that Donald Trump is in talks to sell his Washington, D.C. hotel. And why not? We just found out he lost $70 million in four and a half years while owning this Trump hotel in Washington, D.C. But there's more to it. He should never have owned that hotel. And, and let me just say, he doesn't own the hotel per se. He doesn't own the building. I've talked about this before. He leases the building, and he has a very long lease, like 50 years, 100 years, or whatever it is. But his problem is that he leased it from the federal government. And the reason why the federal government is the landlord is because prior to it being a Trump hotel, it was a U.S. post office owned by the federal government. Now, when Donald Trump became president, 
he wasn't legally qualified to own this building and have the federal government as a landlord while being president. He should have divested himself from this because it was highly illegal. Now, of course, nothing was done about it because Donald Trump was president. He did a lot of corrupt stuff, and he covered up a lot of stuff. But now Donald Trump's in trouble. He needs money. So he needs to sell this lease. And apparently he has somebody interested in the lease. It's probably a nice building. It's probably in a nice location. And as long as the Trump name isn't over the door, people might actually want to stay there. But because Trump is so poorly thought of, this hotel has been losing money every year to the tens of millions of dollars. But here's the problem. The Trump Organization owns the lease to this building. They should have never gotten the lease because Donald Trump was president and that was illegal. Okay, we got past that because nobody did shit about it. But the next thing to understand is that this organization, the Trump Organization, wants to sell it for $370 million to get some money out of it after being a horrible failure. But the Trump Organization, if you remember, is under indictment. Can Trump actually sell this lease? Under normal circumstances, he could. But the fact that the organization who owns the lease is under indictment, does that mean that cancels out that lease and he can't sell it? Well, there's some question about that. There's some question about whether he can actually do that. Now, we haven't seen the federal government react to this at all or do anything. And some people think that the federal government may not do anything, let him sell it and just do whatever he does. And people have been asked, why would you do that? And they said, well, a little timidity, timidity in the federal government. Give me a break. But in a sense, that's true. I mean, these people who are running this part, the part of the government that's running this building. This happens a lot in politics. They're afraid to go after somebody to make it look like it's a political thing. Well, it's not a political thing. This guy did many illegal things. He needs to be accountable. But they're afraid that, well, if Donald Trump gets back in office or the Republicans get control, there'll be some retribution. The federal government is really concerned about retribution? Come on. Now, this is only one faction of the federal government that uh, runs this building. But Jesus Christ, you're going to let this bully do whatever he wants, do illegal things. You're going to let him get away with it, and you're not going to hold him accountable. That is shameful if that's what they're going to do. Now, I don't think any decision has been made as yet, but the fact of the matter is nothing's been done up to this point. Donald Trump should not be allowed to sell this lease. He should be done from the lease. He doesn't have to pay for it anymore, but he should be X'd off that lease because his company that owns the lease is now under indictment for criminal actions. This is going to be something interesting to watch. Uh, it's not a big issue compared to all the other things we're seeing, so it might get lost in the news as things go by. But I'm willing to bet he's going to be allowed to sell this, and everybody will try to forget about it. 
That's what happens in government. That's what happens with Democrats and Republicans. They just forget about it. Now, had the situation been switched and had been a Democratic president who owned that bill or owned the lease to that building and was trying to sell it, you can bet the Republicans would be all over that shit. They apparently aren't worried about retribution. They aren't worried about something coming back on them. They're just vicious bastards. Now, I'm not saying the Democrats have to be the same way, but they got to be a little tougher than just folding up and dying every fucking time. So we'll keep an eye on this, and we'll see how it progresses. I'm not expecting much out of it, but Donald Trump should be canceled off that lease, and he shouldn't be allowed to make any money from that lease. I mean, remember, with that lease, he put a lot of money into it, which he borrowed from Deutsche Bank, which he probably won't pay back. (laughs) And while he had it open, while he was president, He made $3.7 million from foreign governments, not foreign people, foreign governments, which is also highly illegal. To be allowed to get away with that, as I say, it's fucking shameful, and I don't know what they're going to do with this situation, but I wouldn't be surprised if they just swept it under the rug and moved on to the bigger issues. Now, this is kind of a momentous week in the... uh, in Washington, D.C., with the House Select Committee. You know, we've been talking about the subpoenas that the House Select Committee put out. And uh, they sent, well, they've sent a bunch out. But uh, the two main ones up front were Steve Bannon, Mark Meadows, Dan Scavino, and Cash Patel. Now, all of these people were to provide documents and communications from January 5th to January 6th. And they were supposed to be provided last week. Now, we know that Mark Meadows and uh, Cash Patel did that. They provided communications and documents and such. We know that uh, Steve Bannon is refusing because of, uh, of executive privilege, which we now is know is not a thing. And he can't win a court case. And he's in for some serious problems. And we know that Dan Scavino got served finally late last week, so we're not sure where he's at with it. But there was another another subpoena sent out, and this one is maybe more interesting than all of those four. They subpoenaed Jeff Clark, who was formerly of the DOJ. He was issued a subpoena to appear uh, in front of the House Select Committee in a couple of weeks. Now, You have to understand who Jeff Clark is. Jeff Clark was an assistant, kind of a low-level assistant attorney general in the uh, Department of Justice. I think he was in charge of some agricultural department. He wasn't even close to the top. But apparently he was a loyalist to Donald Trump, and Donald Trump installed him in this bullshit position. And then when it came down to it, after the election, you remember Donald Trump was all over the uh, Secretary of State um, in Georgia, trying to get him to flip the election. And of course, he wasn't getting anywhere with anybody in Georgia because nobody was stupid enough to hop on board this criminal effort. But there was somebody else that was willing to do it, and it was kind of surprising. It was this Jeff Clark. 
He was in the uh, DOJ, of course, Assistant Attorney General. And for whatever reason, while this was going on, while Donald Trump was trying to push and harass the Secretary of State of Georgia, this gentleman, for whatever reason, drafted a letter that was intended to go out to the Secretary of State of Georgia and some of the other states that Donald Trump lost. And this letter basically said, The DOJ has found massive fraud in the election, and we are directing you to stop everything and not certify this election. Now, this is contrary to the oath that this fucking idiot took. There is no proof of it. It was an attempt to undermine our democracy and overthrow our government. That's just Jeff Clark. Well, Jeff Clark took this letter, sent it up the uh, chain of command, and it got to uh, Attorney General Rosen under Donald Trump. And Rosen looked at this and said, this... I'm not signing that. That's fucking crazy. No way am I signing that. So it didn't go any further than that. But just because it didn't go any further doesn't mean what Jeff Clark did wasn't illegal. It was highly illegal. And now he's under subpoena, and he's going to have to sit in front of the select committee and answer questions. And they know what he did was illegal. They know exactly what he did. And you know how they know what he did? Well, because just today they had an eight-hour question-answer session with Jeff Rosen, the attorney general at the time, this gentleman's boss. He testified for eight hours behind closed doors. So when they sent the subpoena to Jeff Clark, they said, all right, dude, we know what the fuck you did. We know you did this. So you better show up, and we're going to have to ask you some questions. We know that you broke some laws. So here's what Jeff Clark could do. He could show up and just plead the fifth all the way through because he's fearful of incriminating himself as well as he should be, as well as he should be because he, what he did was criminal. What he did was almost treasonous, seditionist. Whatever you want to call it, it was bad. Now, Congress knows he did it. The public now knows he did it. And now he's going to have to answer questions. Now, he could plead the fifth and not answer questions. But these questions aren't about his, necess- his crime necessarily. We're talking about January 6th. This happened at a different time. So the investigation isn't about his criminal activity. But the House Select Committee did send him a note and said, Look, bitch, we know what you did, and you got some problems, so you better show up, because if you don't show up, then we're going to refer you to the DOJ for criminal contempt, and you'll have another felony hanging over your head and another possibility of spending time in jail. So it's going to be very interesting to see how he reacts to this. He knows he's fucked. Maybe he can go to them and say, look, if I give you all the information, will you go easier on me on the other thing? 
Now, whether they would do that or not, who knows? But that would be my play at this point. If I know I'm already caught, I know you want my testimony, I'll give everybody up on January 6th if you go easier on me on my crime that I'm definitely going to jail for. But we'll see. And that brings us to the point that I think we really need to talk about. Now, all through the impeachment hearings, we had all these uh, people that didn't show up, and they all, the uh, Democrats filed all these civil lawsuits that would cost people money for not showing up. Now, these things lasted for two years. Now, this situation with the criminal contempt, it should be something that should be quicker because it's clear, it's in, the fa- in your face. Uh, courts will understand it, and there's no reason why this can't be an indictment and a prosecution and a plea or find them guilty or whatever. It should go very quickly. That said, these people can kind of try to drag it out, but will they really want to? They know ultimately uh, they will go to jail if they don't show up. But here's the big if. And here's where this country is sitting precariously now. We know all the things Donald Trump did, all his buddies did, the insurrectionists, what they did. Now is the time the ball is in the court of the Democrats, and they better handle this properly. There's a lot of letting people get away with things in government, but this one they can't do that. They've got to show some accountability to these people because our democracy and the future of this country depend on it. If there isn't some teeth in Congress, if there isn't some teeth in the DOJ, this is going to happen again and again and again, and it's going to deteriorate our way of government. So this is a crucial time. As I've talked about before, the Democrats are known for being a little weak or being easy on people and not holding them accountable. Well, we don't want to do this because they might do that to us. Now, this is not time for that. This is far too egregious. This is something we've never seen. This is undermining our democracy, trying to overturn our government. If we don't get tough here, if we don't hold people accountable here, we pretty much show Congress really has no power and that the DOJ is unwilling to do their jobs as the uh, law enforcement of this country. I haven't been all that impressed with Merrick Garland at this point. I wanted him in there because he's certainly better than William Barr. But I haven't seen him act very tough yet. And how much more shit do you have to do than what Donald Trump and all his administration and all his followers did? How bad does it have to get before you get your ears perked up and actually do something? One of the other things troubling about the DOJ is that uh, we still have Trump appointees working in the DOJ. I'm glad to say that Jeff Clark is not working in the DOJ anymore. And one of the many things beyond the criminal possibilities with Jeff Clark. He's probably going to get disbarred. He's a lawyer, and he's probably not going to be able to practice along the lines of Rudy Giuliani and Sidney Powell. They'll just take his license away. He won't be able to practice law. 
and that's at the very least what he deserves for what he did. But now is the time we really need the Democrats and Congress to show us that they have some power. It's always been inferred, and people did the right things, assuming that if they didn't, Congress would do something bad to them, or the DOJ would do something bad. But if this time they don't do anything, if they don't hold anybody responsible or accountable, we're in deep shit. Because now there is no accountability for anybody doing anything. Congress acts like they're tough guys, but if they can't do anything with this, they're almost worthless to us. Fact is, they might be worthless to us anyway, but they've got to have some power and some control, especially in this situation. The next few weeks, month or so, this is going to be a crucial time for the direction we will be heading with our democracy and whether there will be a democracy at all. There has to be a lot of things to fall in place. The Democrats wanted the chance, wanted the power to do it, now they have it. And I'm hoping against hope that they actually do something, because they haven't showed it to us in the past. But now is the time we need them to do something. It is crucial to this country that they do. And as I say, I'm hoping against hope that they, in fact, do do something. But, you know, who the fuck knows? We've seen Trumplicans and Republicans and Donald Trump get away with a lot of shit up to now. At some point, things have to start falling. We have to see indictments with Matt Gates. See insurrectionists go to jail. Insurrectionists go to jail for long periods of time. The administration facing the crimes they committed. Donald Trump facing the crimes he's committed. If we can't get that, then what is Congress? What is the DOJ? And what is this country worth? Not nearly as much as we thought it was prior to Donald Trump. We can't afford another Donald Trump or somebody like him in that position again, because this country can't survive that. So, as I say, it's in the Democrats' court right now. They better do what they need to do, and if they've never been tough in their lives, they better fucking get tough today and uh, for the next month or two. Otherwise, they're going to flush everything down the toilet. Everything we thought about Congress, everything we thought about DOJ does not exist. It's all been a big screen to make us believe that this is the way it is. But if they can't show us now when we need them the most, this country is in trouble. Honestly, I think they will because I think they have no choice. But I'm nervous about it because I haven't seen them do it ever before. So anyway, <laughs> well, that was a happy podcast, wasn't it? A really a day brightener, but hey, at least it's my anniversary. I got that going for me. We'll go out and do something fun. Actually, you know, my wife and I don't buy each other gifts for anniversaries because we buy a lot of stuff for us. Anyway, we have pretty much everything we need, and if we don't, we get what we need at the time, assuming we can afford it. Usually we'll take a trip. Now, when we got married, we didn't have any money, so we went up to a little town on Lake Superior called Bayfield, Wisconsin. It's a beautiful place, and uh, it has Madeline Island where you take a ferry across. So it's very beautiful. It was inexpensive for us because it was close. And every year we would go up there in the 38 years around the same time and 
just revisit our our honeymoon. And we will probably do that this time. But on this particular anniversary, what we're going to do is, you know, I told you my wife wanted this part-time job with an airline. It was her dream so we could go flying all these kinds of places. Well, she's worked it out. She's got to work on Wednesday and Sunday. And uh, since we can get the flight for free, and we have friends in Las Vegas who have a condo down there, actually a townhouse down there, we're going to fly off to Vegas on Monday morning, go there, hang out with them a little bit, have dinner, gamble a little bit, sleep in their place, get up in the morning, take them to breakfast. And then about 1 o'clock, we go back to the airport and come home again. Yep, that's how cool we are. We're flying to Las Vegas just to have dinner. Next day, we're coming back. I don't know how that's going to wear on our bodies, but it sounds like it'll be fun, and it'll be another thing that we can do on our anniversaries. So I appreciate you taking the time to listen. And again, I want to remind you, if you have questions, comments, complaints, whatever, I encourage you to email me at rationalboomer at gmail.com. Or you can go to anchor.fm, look up Rational Boomer Podcast, and you can leave a voicemail message. I always enjoy hearing from you and all incorporated in the show unless you tell me you don't want me to. <laughs> Anyhow, you have a great day. I will be back very quickly in the next day or so with more stuff. So you have a great week, and we will talk to you very soon. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.